Hi there, welcome to Serving as an Altar Worker. This episode has four big takeaways. Number one, people must be ready to receive. Two, people must worship to receive. Three, altar workers must take authority in Jesus' name. And finally, specific situations call for specific actions. Welcome to the LifePoint Leadership Podcast. Hi there, Pastor Adam here. I just want to say before we jump into today's podcast episode, thank you for listening. And if this episode speaks to you, you grow from it, uh, find a way to let us know. And I would say more importantly, share this with somebody else at LifePoint Church so that they can grow too. We want to be a church where everybody serves in God's mission. And part of our job as pastors is to equip the saints so that the saints can do the work of the ministry. And for today's conversation, I can't think of anything better to do than to help you become more effective at praying with people in the altar. And so, as I said, we've got four big things that we need to cover today in today's episode, specifically at helping you pray with people so that they can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So let's jump right into our topic for today. So we said there's four takeaways. The first one is, people must be ready to receive. It's not enough that we want people to receive the Holy Ghost, to receive a miracle from God. They must be ready themselves to receive a miracle from the Lord. Let's break down what that looks like. In order for people to be ready, people must have faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God moves in response to faith. We all know that, right? You can say amen back to your phone if you need to. But God moves in response to faith. Faith is the highway that the presence of God, the promises of God, the miracles of God, And the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is God himself, can flow into somebody's life. It's the pathway for God to move and to flow, not just in the church, but into the life of a seeker. As such, it's important that not only you have faith as an altar worker, I'm assuming you do because you're about to pray with somebody, but faith cannot just be present in your heart. Faith must be present in the heart of the one that you are about to pray for. Now, this doesn't need to be a complicated faith. This can be a mustard seed-sized faith, but faith must still be present in the heart of the seeker. And here's all they have to believe at the outset. They must believe that God is in the room and will respond to their prayer as they reach out to him. Now, moving on. In order for people to receive from God, they've got to be ready. So in order to be ready, they have to have faith. But number two, in order for them to be ready, they must understand their need of Jesus. Isaiah 53, 5 and 6 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And then verse 6, I know we've all heard verse 5, but verse 6 continues and says, All we like sheep have gone astray. 
We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. People do not only need to have faith that God is in the room and God can help them, but they must understand that they need to reach out to him because they desperately need Jesus. Jesus is not an add-on to an already thriving life. Jesus is not an extra to, you know, a life that we are living however we choose and however we wish. People, if they're going to receive the Holy Ghost, must understand that above all else, they need Jesus in their life to wash their sins away and fill them with power. Moving on, in order to be ready to receive the Holy Spirit, people must repent of their sins. This is so important. In our zeal and in our passion for people to have a breakthrough and get the Holy Ghost, we cannot bypass the altar of repentance. Because Jesus says in Luke chapter 13, verse 3 and verse 5, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Luke chapter 3, verse 19 says, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. In order for people to be ready to receive the Holy Spirit, they need to repent of their sins. Now here's what repentance is. Proverbs 28, verse 13. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever forsakes, sorry, whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Acts 26, 18 and 20 says to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they might receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me, that they should repent, turn to God, and do works befitting of repentance. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10 says, for godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Here's what repentance is. Repentance is turning from sin and turning to Jesus. Repentance is when someone in the altar or maybe on the way to church at some point in their Christian life have said, Jesus, I am surrendering the control of my life to you. I want to forsake my sins. And Jesus, I am turning to you and I am asking you to save me, to cleanse me and forgive me. People who repent will confess of their sins. They will ask God for forgiveness. They will have some sort of godly sorrow for the life that they have lived. They will feel like they have wronged God because they have. We all have. We need to repent. And they will confess their need of Jesus Christ. This cannot be overlooked. In order for people to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, they must repent of their sins. And finally, in order for people to be ready, people must desire Jesus to move in their life at that moment. In their heart, there must be a desire to experience the presence of God in that moment, not in the future, 
not one day, maybe I'll get the, get the Holy Ghost or pray for the Spirit or I'll reach out to God. But right now, there must be a desire to experience the presence of the Lord. So to recap what we've learned thus far is in order for people to receive, they must be ready. And in order for people to be ready, they must have faith. They must understand their need of Jesus. They must repent of their sins, and they must desire Jesus to move in their life in that moment. Number two, people must worship in order to receive. People must worship and pray out loud to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this makes sense, but this is something you're going to have to coach and help people with, and we'll talk about that once we get to the practical application portions of this episode in just a second. But given that the initial sign of the Holy Spirit is speaking in other tongues, people must be speaking out loud in order to receive. Not only that, and perhaps more importantly, praise creates an atmosphere for people to receive from God. Worship is incredible at elevating people's faith and bringing them into God's presence. Psalm 22 verse 3 says, Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. This psalm speaks of praise creating a throne room for God. And while God is king of the whole world, whether anyone worships him or not, praise creates a throne room in our hearts for God to rule and reign in our lives. So if we are going to be praying with people and we want them to receive the Holy Ghost, we need to encourage people to begin to worship out loud after they have repented. You can even tell them what to say if they're nervous or unsure. Again, we're going to be hitting the practical application of this in just a moment. Big idea number three or takeaway number three from this episode is altar workers must take authority in Jesus's name. So if people are ready to receive, if they, if they have faith, they have faith for God to move on them in that moment, and they have repented, and they're getting ready to worship out loud, you have to take authority in the name of Jesus. God has given you power that you can use because you're a child of God. You have spiritual authority when you pray for people, and you need to exercise that authority in Jesus' name. So here's a sample statement of how you can take authority. And you can use your own words or you can repeat exactly what this is. You can tell people, when you have fully repented and surrendered everything to God, open up your heart in faith. You will feel a sense of relief because of the confession of your sins. At that moment, begin thanking and worshiping God. As, you, as a sign that you have reached this point, I want you to raise your hands and worship. When I say, when I see you praising God and saying things like, Hallelujah, I love you, Jesus, I worship you, God, I will lay hands on you just like they did in the book of Acts. And I want to, you to know that I'm telling you right now, by faith, you will receive the Holy Spirit. So that's an example of you taking spiritual authority in that moment. You're telling them what to do, what they're going to feel, how they can experience the presence of God. And then when you notice people worshiping and praising the Lord after they have repented, I want you to lay hands on them. And just like the apostles did in the book of Acts, 
I want you to lay hands on them and say, in the name of Jesus, receive the Holy Ghost. We know this is the will of God. This is something that you can command. You don't have to beg or plead God for him to fill somebody because this is his will. There is no discernment needed. This is something you just have to speak by faith. Here's another sample statement on on how you can take authority when you're praying for somebody. You, you You can speak to them and say, I'm about to lay my hands on you to pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit. When I do, I will pray over you, and and as I pray, I want you to worship Jesus right out loud, and I will worship Jesus right along with you. When you begin to feel the presence of the Lord and respond to him, I'm going to say, in the name of Jesus Christ, receive the Holy Ghost. When I speak the name of Jesus over you, it will become difficult to pray in your native language. When that happens, do not be afraid. This is exactly what you've come to the altar for. Surrender your tongue to God. Surrender your voice to the Lord Jesus and speak in tongues. That's taking authority. Well, I, I don't know, Pastor. I, I don't know, Pastor Adam, if, if, they, if, if it will be difficult or not. Speak faith. Speak faith. Have confidence in yourself and, more importantly, in the anointing of God that's inside you. And take authority and tell them what will happen by faith. And then what you're doing, when you tell people what will happen before it happens, you're speaking faith and the will of God over them. And you're helping them believe, too. If you are confident, a seeker will be confident. If you are not confident, that seeker will have trouble believing that God can do it for them. So be bold. You have authority in Jesus' name. You don't have to be confident and and bold in, in your ability to wordsmith a prayer or or you know your particular talents or gifts. You just have to be confident in Jesus. And Jesus has told you that you have authority, that you have the ability to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You have the ability to lay hands on people and watch them receive the Holy Ghost. So take authority. Speak confidently as you're giving instructions to people. Now, here are, here are some practical tips because specific situations call for specific actions, which we said is the fourth takeaway. Here are some practical tips when working with someone in the altar. Here's what you should never do. You should never pray for somebody or, or, or lead while standing behind them. Now, if you've just got their, your hand on their shoulder and you're just praying to God, but you're not speaking to them, you can be standing wherever. But if you want to be an altar worker and lead that person into the presence of God, you need to not be behind them. Get out from behind them and stand in front of them. Number two, we never want to rebuke or speak negatively to the person. People are about to become very vulnerable in the presence of God. We want to speak faith. The only time that we want to rebuke is if someone's demon-possessed. In that case, we're not rebuking the person. We're rebuking the devil but that is something that doesn't happen very often. More, more often than not, we're ministering to the person's emotions and heart. Never take control when a pastor is praying for a person. God won't use us if we usurp spiritual authority. If you have a burden and passion to pray for somebody, pray for them. But if, if a pastor is working with that individual in the altar, wait until they leave. Also, never... Be overly aggressive. 
Jesus gives people the Holy Ghost, not our back rubs, not our head shaking, not our screaming and hollering. Now, we may end up praying very loudly as we're praying for people um, because we're passionate, but aggressive tactics, shaking people, moving people, rubbing their back, shaking their head, screaming loudly into their ear, those things don't give the Holy Ghost. Jesus gives people the Spirit. And so we don't have to be aggressive to hype people up because this is a gift that someone will receive from God. Here's what we should do. You should stand, as I said, in front of the person. Two, should speak clearly. Lay hands on them in in an appropriate manner. So forehead, arm, shoulder, wrist, hand. I generally do not advise touching anyone anywhere on their torso. Uh, you can lay their, your hand on, on their shoulder or, uh, or their arm or their wrist or their hand. Also, be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit. God's going to use you. He's going to speak through you. Be sensitive to what you feel in the moment when you're praying with someone. God may want to use you in discerning of spirits or a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or the gift of faith to minister to that particular person. Coach, also coach the person on how to respond to the presence of the Lord. Help them with the words to say while they are trying to worship. Often people don't know what to say if they've not been to church. And so when you're praying with them, you may need to lead them through a prayer of repentance. And you'll coach them on what to say. Two, when, when they're ready to receive the Spirit, you'll need to instruct them on how to worship. You need to tell them, I want you to worship God. I want you to say things like, hallelujah, I love you, Jesus. I praise you, God. When you're praying with someone to receive the Holy Ghost, sometimes in our passion, our zeal, we can just run up to somebody, lay hands on them, start screaming loudly or praying loudly in tongues and commanding them to receive the Spirit. And there may be a moment for us just to walk up and and command and take authority in the name of Jesus. But often, as we ramp up to that process, there needs to be a lot of coaching. We need to tell people how to repent. We need to walk them through a prayer of repentance. And then, using some of the sample statements that I read, we need to instruct people on how to worship. And we need to do so clearly and calmly so that they capture everything that we are about to say. And then, as people begin to worship, encourage them as they begin to open up. Praise them as they praise the Lord. Tell them they're doing a wonderful job, that God is pleased, that they need to keep opening up their hearts to Him, that this is what God wants. He wants their heart to be open to them in worship. Here are some really important things for us to understand as we're working an altar. You can only take someone as far as their faith and desire for God wants them to go. And I know I've mentioned this already, but oftentimes we really want people to come and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit so much that we are willing to push them beyond what they are desiring and ready to receive, and we should never do that. While we must be bold and ready to encourage people and exhort people and lead people into the presence of God, we also need to be discerning too. If someone's experience at the altar is negative because we were just so zealous and passionate for them to receive from the Lord, our aggression may end up being a barrier to them ever coming back. We want people, as our church vision says, we want people to love 
to experience God's presence. If someone is not ready, they're not hungry, they're, they haven't repented, they don't want to repent, they don't have the faith, move on and try again later. It's better, it's better to move on and wait till they are ready than offend them by being overly pushy and they never come back or never come to the altar. Also remember, the Holy Ghost is a gift. The Holy Ghost is a gift. God wants to fill people. Take him at his word. He will fill people when they pray and when we lay hands on them. Also, be discerning with someone's personality. If someone appears to be shy or quiet or unsure, don't yell or shout or be overly aggressive. Now, if someone is really passionately reaching out to God, I want you to match them, match their tone. In other words, when you're working an altar, practice emotional intelligence and work to mirror their personality and their response to God, gradually and slowly building up the passion and the intensity as they do in the presence of the Lord. Here's some other things to remember. Bad breath is bad. It's, it's like very, 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 very bad. If you want God to use you in this particular way, make sure, I know this sounds silly, and forgive me, but make sure that you've brushed your teeth that morning and make sure you've got some mints with you. Stephanie, always make sure that I have mints in my pocket when I'm going to pray for people, because I don't want, I don't want something, you know, that's me, like my bad breath, to be a barrier to people receiving from God, because it can be very distracting. Here are checklists, moving on with specific situations, call for specific actions. Here are some checklists for some specific situations when you're altar working. Now, the focus of this episode today is primarily when praying with people to receive the Holy Ghost. So let's walk through a step-by-step process on what to do when praying for someone who needs to receive the Holy Ghost. If you don't know if they've repented, ask them. I promise you, even if they're worshiping, even if they're worshiping the Lord, if they haven't repented, They're not going to receive. So you're not going to interrupt or disrupt any momentum or flow by asking people if they've repented of their sins. And people may not understand what the word repentance means. So you can, can, when you come up to them, and if you're not sure if they've repented, you can use words like, have you given your heart to the Lord before? Have you committed your life to serve Jesus? Have you asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins? Have Have you told the Lord how much you're surrendering your heart to him and how much you you want him to take control of your life. You don't have to say all those things, but just pick one or two, and they'll nod yes or no and say repentance is the very first step to you receiving something powerful from the Lord. And so if you've not repented, I want to help you. And you can lead them through a very basic prayer of repentance. The words they say don't matter as much as the intentions of their heart. So if people do not know how to repent, You can get them even to repeat after you and say, only thing that matters is that you mean this sincerely from the heart. Jesus, I need you to forgive me of my sins. 
Lord, I'm surrendering my whole heart to you. God, I want you to take control of my life. Jesus, cleanse me, save me, forgive me. When people repent, they're ready. They are ready to receive. So step number two is once you've led someone through that, that prayer of repentance, encourage the person to raise their hands. See, now I want you to raise your hands. We raise our hands as a sign of openness. Often our posture will determine our attitude. It's really weird how, how, how that works. You don't need to say the word weird to them, but I'm just explaining this to you. It, it's, it's interesting how, that, how our posture can actually determine our attitude in our mindset. And by getting people to raise their hands, we're physically positioning them the way we want their heart to be positioned in the presence of God. When we raise our hands, we're open. When, we're ra- when we raise our hands, we're being vulnerable in the presence of God. So encourage them to raise their hands. And then get them to pray out loud. Worship out loud. Say, I love you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Encourage them to say hallelujah. Encourage them to praise God from their heart. And as they begin, tell them, you're going to feel the presence of the Lord. Tell them to expect an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Encourage them to let their emotions out and loose. Sometimes people are going to cry. In fact, a lot of times people cry when they're in the presence of the Lord because they're feeling the love of Jesus. Encourage them to let themselves cry or express their emotions as God moves on their heart. Tell them what will happen when the Spirit comes on them to fill them. They'll feel words and sounds trying to come out of their mouth that they don't know. And when that begins to happen, they need to begin by faith just to speak those unknown tongues out, to yield their tongue to the Lord and allow the heavenly language to flow out of their mouth. And then you pray with them. And as they worship and as you begin to notice that they're opening up to the presence of the Lord, that's when you put your hand on their shoulder or on their wrist or on their forehead and you take authority in the name of Jesus and command them to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, let's talk about the specific situation of praying for someone who needs a spiritual breakthrough. This is similar to someone receiving the Holy Spirit. And I would even say that it'd be really good for us to visit a prayer of repentance or a prayer of surrender for someone who needs a spiritual breakthrough, like a backslider, someone who needs to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. We cannot circumnavigate repentance because at one point they were filled. But the most important thing is after they have repented or after we've discerned their heart is repented and they are open to the Lord, we got to get them to lift their voice. Lifting their voice is essential. And when they begin to feel the Spirit, encourage them not to hold back. This is in, in their praise, in their worship, and in their renewal in the presence of the Lord. This is so important because when someone needs a breakthrough, when, when they, if they've fallen into sin or they've backslidden or they've allowed their relationship to grow cold, the devil will try to condemn them condemn them for their unfaithfulness, for their sin, for their mistakes. Encourage them 
that God wants to renew, that God wants to break every chain that the devil has placed on their life, that the Spirit of the Lord means that freedom is going to walk into their mind and walk into their life. And the Lord is going to renew them from the inside out. He's going to renew their mind, renew their emotions, encourage them. Now what about when praying for healing? When praying for healing, encourage the person when you're about to pray with them to believe in God's healing power and promise. Encourage them to have faith. Call a member of the pastoral team over to anoint them with oil. Why should we do that? It's because James tells us to call us the, to call for the elders of the church. He says, call for the elders of the church and have the elders anoint them with oil and pray for them that they may be healed. So call a member of the pastoral team to anoint them with oil and then speak the word of faith. You can do that. Speak the word of faith and command healing in the name of Jesus. Command healing healing to come on them in the name of Jesus. Well, pastor, I don't know if God will heal them in that moment. Have faith. Believe for God's best. I would rather speak healing a hundred times and not see it than to withhold the proclamation of faith because I was worried that I would look dumb in front of the eyes of the person I was praying for. In altar working, there can be no ego. There can be no concern for self. We are selflessly serving people who are desperate for God to intervene in their life in that service. So speak the word of faith and command healing in Jesus' name. Well, as you can see, being an altar worker is not as much about praying for an individual for an extended period of time as it is about coaching a seeker from repentance into the presence of the Lord. I hope everyone in the church takes an opportunity at some point to lay their hand on the shoulder or the back of somebody and storm heaven, plead with God, pray with faith for them to receive. But I know there's probably some people listening right now, you're ready to go to the next level. And that's where you step out from behind the individual, you step in front of them, and gently and with love and with wisdom, coach them. Coach them from whatever place they're at in their prayer and praise into the miracle, the healing, the breakthrough, or hopefully the gift that God wants to give them. I hope this has helped you today. I hope you feel equipped. I hope you feel instructed. And I hope you feel empowered because it's God's will for you to do the work of the ministry. God wants to use you as you serve God's mission in the altar, praying with people. God is going to send us a flood of unreached individuals desperate to encounter God. And we're going to need your help in the altars in the pews, in the aisles, to lay hands on people. And with the power that's in the name of Jesus, pray with them so they can receive. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me. Send me a message. I can send you the notes. I can send you the checklist, really anything that you need. And together, let's serve God's mission. And let's watch God do amazing things when we step out in faith. Catch you next time. God bless.